0: Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's a slightly, definitely a bit of a downbeat bunch of Reading fans today after a 3-2 defeat to Blackpool at the SCL last night. How we managed to cock that up? Well, that's what we're about to discuss. I've been joined by Eric Ogard. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. And I've also
1: been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Not looking forward to chopping this one up. Really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, that is what we do here, isn't it? We look at the good times, which is uh sometimes in Reading. It's not that frequent, but it does occur pop up every so often. But Alex, do you think that kind of result
1: and performance was coming last night, or were you totally shocked by it? Um, not completely shocked. Uh, it, I feel like it's. there's definitely been little signs here and there that although we've been winning in recent weeks, we haven't necessarily dominated games. Uh, we, we do tend to, I guess, verge on the side of just winning. Barnsley, for example, at the weekend, it was a very tight game. And I don't think anyone would have been surprised if Barnsley had scored in the first half of the weekend, for example. It's just that we got the opener and then Barnsley didn't ever look clinical enough to equalize Fulham is an example QPR is an example there's I think there's a number of examples from this season alone where you can see that uh, just because we're winning in a game it doesn't mean that we're going to see out a game um and it, it's probably one of these one of these kind of uh, quirks of Paunovic which we have to just accept if he's the manager uh that we're going to drop points when we probably look like we shouldn't like last night or against QPR but in turn we're also going to pick up very unlikely victories uh like the game against Fulham um to an extent the game against Barnsley if it may be that one less so but certainly we're going to win games when we shouldn't under Panovic as well just due to the way that we play um and that we, we we heavily rely on kind of sitting back and I guess rely on a rely on a fantastic performance from from our goalkeeper which is is fine if it works but it's not gonna happen every week when you take the lead eventually some teams are going to score past you and and come back into a game even if you even if you are you know winning two and two now yeah I mean either that or we need just a moment of brilliance. And we we have
0: seen that quite a lot in our games, haven't we, over the uh, rest of the season. But last night, I thought Blackpool were very impressive. Now, I know it's easy as a Redden fan to sit here and slate our own team and say, oh, we didn't do this. We didn't do this There's things we got wrong, which we did. We did do that as well. But what do you think, Eric? Do you think last night was more about Blackpool or more about our own issues?
2: I think it was a bit of both. I think you got to definitely give credit to Blackpool. They they came with a game plan. They they, they stuck to their game plan. If you think about it from from a, a Reading goals point of view, there was one set piece and then a mistake by their defender, which let Puskas in. So it wasn't like we were outplaying them at all. Um, quite the opposite, really. Uh, Blackpool probably had more of a play. They had more possession in the first half, more shots, and then second half completely dominated. So you got to say... Even though we were 2-0 up, we, it wasn't like a, a super convincing 2-0. Uh, and Southwood still had to make some really good saves in the first half. And, um, yeah, I would say, like, out of the games that I've watched, um, Blackpool are one of the mo- more sort of organized sides and, and actually one of the sides that have probably outplayed us quite convincingly at the SCL, which is uh, impressive. That being said, you could see that Reading sat back. They were very passive in the second half. They did look very tired, which might be a result of not being able to rotate with all these injuries that we have. Um, People like Danny Drinkwater and Scott Dan not playing a lot of football for for an extended period of time. And then being asked to play two games in a week might be a bit much. I don't know. But the players definitely looked like they tapered off in the second half. And it was like a real Jekyll and Hyde um, performance. Second half was one of the poorest I can remember for a while.
0: Yeah, they totally battered us in the second half. I mean, you just look at the stats over the whole of the match, and uh, I went on who scored, and you look to the action zone, 42% of the action was in our final third for the whole match. And if you look at the player positions, eight of their players are in our half. And if you flip that around, there's only two players who are just about in the Blackpool half, and that's Puskas and John Swift on the halfway line. I mean... You can't maintain
1: games very often, Alex, if you're going to leave yourself in that position. No. Uh, If you're going to sit back with essentially eight players behind the ball, um, yeah, it can work from time to time, certainly. Um, But as Eric said, if you've got players like Scott Dan and, and, and Danny Drinkwater who haven't played, that much football. I mean Scott Dan has to an extent, I guess, but Danny Drinkwater hasn't played regular football for the best part of two, three years. Um and I don't think it's the first time that this has happened, but certainly last night, the second half, he just looked completely shot. Like he just looked gone in the second half. Um but of course the injuries that we have, there's not that many options to change the system. There's not that many options to change who's in the midfield at the minute. Um and essentially, it just gives the it gives the opposition that like free reign to to control the play. Um, and I, to be honest, I think it was very similar. It was quite a, maybe not very. It was quite similar to the Barnsley game. I think the second half, Barnsley were maybe not as done when it was Blackpool, but they 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 definitely controlled the midfield for the first fifteen minutes of that second half. Um, probably up until we scored. In reality, I think. And there's uh, there's probably a case to be made that we're really missing someone like Andy who can come off the bench and just give a little bit more energy in the second half to a midfield which is being asked to do an awful lot of work once we go in heading games. Yeah, totally. Let's get back to the
0: positives if there are any from last night. We did manage to score two goals. Scott Dan scoring his first goal for the club there. Eric, fantastic ball in by John Swift who, you know, just does what he does. And then I kind of think that you think the team's going to move on. We're going to do well here. We pick up a second goal, not that long afterwards. But Dad looks good when he's fit and at full level. But the goal on its own, he couldn't do much better than that, really. He's a perfect header.
2: Yeah, it was a great ball in. John Swift, best player in the league, as we know. Um, Yet another assist. Like, you can't... You can't rely, we, we always say you can't rely on John Swift to produce a piece of magic in every game, but he just seems to at the moment. Um and that ball in was was quality. Scott Dan, really solid header as well, headed it down, it bounced, and um keeper probably can do much about it. He sort of got a hand to it a little bit, but I, I think you'd be harsh if you put any blame on the keeper for that one. And then yeah, the second goal, great work by Pushgas. Um who squared it to Laurent and and who squared it again to Dele Bashiri with a bit of a tap-in so you know two really good goals but from a, a Blackpool point of view you'd say it was two mistakes from them one to give the free kick away and then to leave Scott down with a relatively free header and the second one the center half giving the ball away to to push gas um so yeah at that point you're you're flying and you're thinking 2-0 up at home cruise control no worries
0: Yeah, I was listening to it at home on uh, Sky, on the old red button action, and uh, they said, oh, if Reading get a third here, this game's going to be really difficult for Blackpool here. Sadly, we didn't get that, but there were still warning signs from Blackpool, Alex. Even when it was 1-0, they definitely had opportunities and it took a fantastic
1: double save from Luke Southwood to keep us 1-0 ahead. Yeah, the the first save for this double save was a fairly long-distance shot. It must have been 20, 25 yards Mm. out. But the rain last night must have made that a much more difficult save um, because it was very, very wet in Reading last night. Um, Can confirm having walked back to my car. I was absolutely drenched after the game. (laughs) Um, I cannot imagine having run around in 90 minutes for that the uh yeah the first shot it's a relatively good save from southwood like pretty low down to his right um it's come through a body it's come through a crowd of bodies and he's he's managed to get a good good palm to it and push it wide um and then unfortunately you've got another player uh Jerry Yates i think comes in on the rebound and but like from where i'm sitting in the ground it looks like a tap in pretty much um when southwood where when Yates picks up the ball Southwood's still on the floor um, or he's, he's, you know, he's starting to scamper to his feet, but he's he's still recovering from the original save. The fact that Jerry Yates doesn't score and, and Southwood makes the save there is like, kind of beyond ridiculous. Um, I was impressed with the first save, but the second save was just, yeah, insane. I have no idea how he's managed to, you know, keep that out. Um, really, really good stop and that that, you know, that was a that was probably one of the one of the finer finer stops I've seen from Southwood so far.
0: Yeah, and there was an incident not that long after that. Liam Moore had to make an absolutely huge block uh, for a stop. Blackpool scoring again there, Eric. So when people say he was a kind of Jekyll and Hyde performance, the warning signs were definitely there in the first half. The yeah. Blackpool were creating chances.
2: Yeah, I think maybe Jekyll and Hyde probably isn't the right the right comparison because, again, two single incidents for our goals, but actually the overall play and the better chances came to to Blackpool. And yeah, the the block by Liam Moore was uh, a fantastic one. He came from quite far back and it looked like a certain goal and he he got in the way. And you'd say Liam Moore in the last few weeks has looked a little bit better next to Scott Dan, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he's always looks better when he plays along a more experienced player. It's like when Morrison first came in. uh, He looks kind of transformed as a player. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, We also go into the second half. So we're winning 2-0. We're looking okay. You're thinking, okay, if we get a third here early on, the game could be over. Well, that opportunity comes very early on for George Puskas. He's through on goal, Alex. And all strikers miss chances. But that was a big, big moment. Now, I'm not going to pin everything on... Puskas' miss, because I get hammered for doing this in the chats that we have for EPR, but that was a huge moment and I would exactly say exactly the same if it was a different striker, because even the Blackpool manager admitted afterwards, if you get the third, that's really hard to come back from, but is this a save or a miss from Puskas here?
1: I think it's a probably a miss from Puskas. Um... Watching it live, I thought Puskas had done a reasonable job and uh, the keeper had kind of like, you know, made a decent save. Um, Watching watching the replay, I'm a little bit less convinced. And it looks like Puskas has tried to slide the ball underneath him and he's basically just smashed it against the keeper's leg. Um, I do think the keeper does a good job for this. I like, I can't really can't really fault him he comes out at exactly the right time narrows the angle and Puskas it isn't an easy chance by any means for Puskas to score from that point um however it's a one-on-one and if it was any other striker at the club at the moment I feel like I would have backed them to it to score um and it's only Puskas who I would have felt like it was only 50-50 uh, you know if Zhao or Mete, had got on the end of that chance, it feels like I feels like it's probably 3 0 and it's game over. Um it's yeah, I think it's it's unfortunate because it's it's easy to to look at it and say it's a big turning point in the match, but I guess it's a turning point because we've only created that that's the only chance we've created for open play. Um, you know, if we'd created four of chances from open play, we we might not even be discussing this chance um so it's a lot of that a lot of it comes down to the fact that we we just didn't create enough at all in the game and uh you know you are i think well the blackpool manager is is right if we had got a third then yes it's game over um but from a kind of kind of a the end result i don't really think i would put too much blame on the one chance but it's uh it's not a good chance to have missed
0: no I, I think to put everything onto that would be ridiculous i mean as Panovic said after the match eric we collapsed after blackpool scored their first goal and i would slightly disagree with Panovic. we collapsed before that it was definitely coming um blackpool had a good 20 minutes on top of us didn't they?
2: yeah exactly i think we we, we collapsed way before that and we were looking we were looking vulnerable and It wasn't like they were sitting back and and hitting us on the break. They were dominating possession, playing some really nice football. I think uh, the the Pushkas chance is a a good one. Like, Pushkas Pushkas just needs a goal, doesn't he? He's just desperately short of confidence. If if there's a more confident striker there, he takes one touch and then he has a shot or he carries it, takes it around the keeper, you know, that type of thing. He got caught sort of in the middle. By the time he decided to shoot, the keeper come out and made himself big. And um, you just... He needs a goal, like just something to bounce off his shin and bounce in, or something to give him a bit of confidence. Because at the moment, he's just desperately short of confidence. You can tell. um, Alex is shaking his head. Do you disagree?
1: uh, So, there is this argument, I think, about Pescas that one, something has to bounce off him and go in. The, The issue that I'm like, the issue with that is he doesn't put himself in the position to ever actually have anything bounce off his shin. You never see him charging into the six yard box at a cross. You never see him trying to get to the near post. Um, And that is, is that is part of the challenge. And that's part of the frustration with, with Puskas at the moment is yes, we do see him make these runs and and the team don't always, um, the team don't always respond to his runs. And there's, there's the argument that yes, he doesn't always get enough service, but also he doesn't put himself in the positions to, to receive the ball uh often enough like yesterday there was a cross in from the left hand side and he in the first half and he was he was stood out by the penalty spot yeah. um and it was a great cross from from um i think it was from Raman and he it, it, it just was nowhere near it and i'm like if he attacks the ball there he's got a good chance to score um so the other
2: strikers that we've had through the years, people like Kermigan and João, and even back before that, people like Dave Kitts and Kevin Doyle play in between the post, the width of the post. So you see good strikers do that. And they they gamble, like gamble on keeper spilling one, gamble on a defender missing one. And then you've got a tap. Like we're not really seeing that kind of movement and, and risk-taking from Pushkas. He just seems to be... He, he does seem to work quite hard like he he runs a lot but it's not it's not like runs that make that create danger or create chances or create space for other players for example so it's it's definitely uh, a desperately tough one and you also got to say like the the options to replace him you got Femi Aziz who's possibly better on the wing you've got Clark who's just very young and very raw so it's just uh, yeah it's a tricky situation like with with Luca Zhao in yesterday's game, you've got an outlet, you've got a player, you can hit the ball up to him and the ball sticks. Pushkas is not that sort of player. So it just adds more pressure. And uh, I suppose back to the question that you asked Paul originally, yeah, we definitely collapsed before uh, before their first goal, but credit to Blackpool, they played well. I mean,
1: they had, what was it, probably two or three penalty shouts before they scored the first goal um well maybe not i can't remember exactly the order of all of them but it feels like there was two or three very early on in the in the second half two of them um, were blatant dives though alex definitely yes. as, <laughs> I, in, for as you told me afterwards that they, they were blatant dives um i didn't really get the the full view of them uh in the stadium but like they they were i guess they were in and around the box enough to hmm. they were in the position right to be able to to pull off those dives. I don't know if you're that's... Really you right. still worry. You still yeah. worry
2: when you're a fan.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the point, right? If you're in the position to be able to to dive in the first place, then you're at least in the right area of the pitch. It's um, never
0: stopped Andy Yidum, has it? You know, he's a big fan of the dive as well, isn't he? So let's not pretend it's just one-sided here. But can we just yeah. quickly go back to Eric's point here about strikers? The amount of disrespect given to Yakubu not to be in that list... <laughs> I just think I just think we need to take a moment to respect that man. You know yeah. he's an absolute lech 100%. Yeah. But yeah, yeah if we look at when they scored their first goal 69th minute. A little bit of luck obviously. Dan kind of is trying to get the ball over the bar isn't he? But kind of heads it into the goal there. Um it's been given as a Dell goal because and it should be because it was on target no kind of issue there with dan he's trying to do his job the ball's coming and as alex just said if you get the ball enough in that area just on sheer percentages you're going to get a chance aren't you eric and i think southwood would have saved the shot if dan had left it but that's easy to say
2: very yeah i was in two minds about it because when i first saw it i thought he might but then when i saw the other angle it was quite a quite a solid shot and i'm not sure southwood would have kept out maybe maybe um, but yeah, I mean, there was no one marking this player at the edge of the box, and he's had a free shot. It was just poor, poor defending from Reading, Didn't really clear it, and um, yeah, they scored. And then, and then you're thinking, okay, here we go, two-one. Are we gonna, are we gonna kind of get back into the game, or are we gonna fold? And unfortunately, I think it was the second one.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I don't know what it was like for you, Alex, at the ground watching it, but. I definitely felt watching it on TV that we were folding big time. And we've seen it before this season against Fulham. We saw it last season against Bournemouth being 2 0 up and then losing 4 2. I mean, Bournemouth is a bit different because Bournemouth are quite a good team. But it, I was very, very, very nervous. If we could have blown for
1: full time at 2 2, I would have taken it. It felt like once it got to 2 2, there was only ever one winner, realistically. Um, I mean the second goal came very quickly after the first goal didn't it I think it was only about three or four minutes after the first goal went in and um the, the the goal itself it's a good header by um by Yates who got a lot of sick from the crowd last night um but uh and and gave it back at the end as well after he scored the penalty um but yeah the second goal it was it was a good goal from Blackpool um a decent cross and it was literally the perfect cross because it went it, right in between scott dan and, and um and raman and yates for, from where i saw it the way he moved in i was convinced he must have been offside because he was that in that much space it was one of those goals um and i'm watching the replay he's not offside at all he's miles on side and he just literally just strolls in between the two of them neither of them know who's meant to have, cover him I don't even think maybe neither of them really realized he was you know a target for the cross and as soon as the ball comes in he's got a free header six yards out and you know however good Southwood is that's going to be very difficult to keep out um yeah so and once it got to 2-2 two, two, you know Paunovic can try as much as he likes with that bench to try and change the momentum and change the game and change what's been going on for the first half an hour of that second half but the depth isn't there he he's not able to to do anything with what he's got on the bench i think there to to influence the game enough um you know i know, i know clark came on like once we conceded the once we conceded the third i think and it's but it's by that point it's kind of too little too late really um it definitely felt like once blackpool had got the third goal it was it was all over like uh we weren't we went we didn't look like we were really ever gonna get back into the game at 2-2 i know we were drawing them but it never felt like we were going to be the team which won the game
0: yeah as bad as that was alex was that as bad as the tea that you were served up last night at the stadium
1: um no the tea was probably worse in all honesty uh yeah definitely um just as a tip for anybody who does buy tea or coffee at the stadium I would just make sure you check your milk before you put it in because, yeah, the one I had was fairly solid uh, last (laughs) night, which wasn't great.
0: (sighs) That is nice. Not what you want in milk, is it? Solid. Uh, That's, uh, yeah, that's, I'd feel ill. (laughs) Yeah, so I kind of, I felt it was inevitable that we were going to concede that third goal. Um, I wasn't quite sure it was going to be a penalty, but I think the penalty, it was a bit sloppy. Maybe you wouldn't see that given sometimes, but it's been given. You have to deal with that. Takes the penalty well, Eric. Southwood gets a hand on it, but it's too much power on it.
2: Yeah, it's a good penalty. And, you know, if Southwood pulls off that save, you'd say that's an amazing penalty save because it was, it was a decent hype for him, but it was, it was still too hard and too far in the corner. And, uh, yeah, gave it to all the fans. Obviously, I, I was watching on a stream, at uh, nearly 5 a.m., my time here in Singapore, so it wasn't, I, I mean, it didn't really cheer up my morning, should we put it that way? Uh, I can't imagine it was any better in the ground, Alex.
1: No, um, although I, I must say there wasn't many people to leave last night at 3 <laughs> 2. Usually, when we go 3 2 behind late on like that, I would expect a max, mass exodus. It didn't really happen last night, um, which was which was a bit of a change uh but i felt like the mood within the crowd was that the goal was coming and that they were going to get a winner anyway somehow so it never felt like it was um it it didn't feel unsurprising it didn't feel surprising to anybody i think so it wasn't a case of uh wasn't a case of venting or being that like that angry about it because it was it just had felt inevitable from the time Blackpool scored the second goal that they were going to go and get a winner.
0: Yeah, I I just wonder how much of it would Panovic, like you said right at the beginning there, Alex, you just have to accept this. You just have to deal with it and saying sometimes it's going to work for us. The classic example being Fulham, you you score your goals, you sit back and that's how, how it's going to work. It's very, I don't know, it's quite Brian McDermott in that kind of style. We didn't play incredible football under Brian McDermott, but we counter-attacked maybe slightly more better than that. But we just, we didn't, we hung on in a lot of games in that season that we won the championship. And sometimes even if you, we all look back, Rosalie back at that Southampton match, which we won 3-1 and I was there losing my mind, um, yeah. drinking far too much that day. And I can only remember bits of it, but <laughs> you just kind of like wonder, how much if southampton had scored with a goal which they easily could have that could have changed history completely and sometimes you need that little bit of luck and if Puskas scores that goal you go on to win maybe and everyone forgets that but the issue was still there eric of the yeah i, the I was game. also
2: at that southampton game but i drove so i can remember it and I, I would almost liken our side um under mcdermott to the leicester side that won the premier league you know two banks of four um two decent strikers or one decent striker and and we had Noel hunt who's very busy playing it all over the pitch and um Leicester were quite similar in the fact that they they hung on in quite a lot of games but then they had that outlet which was Jamie Vardy and we we were the same like we were way more effective at counter-attacking than what this side is this side is more about slow build-up or possession, or if it is a fast kind of transition, then it goes through the, the midfielders, normally John Swift or Ajaria, And, uh, yeah, slightly different there. But, uh, yeah, we, we just we, – we, we do t- tend to hang on. We, we have to accept where we are as a side. And I, I'd still say, you know, if, if we'd have won last night, we would have gone fifth. And after the start that we had, that's still pretty incredible. And we're going to have the odd game where we slip up because we're not good enough um, to just – beat every single team we face we're just not that that good we don't have the strength in depth so even though we ended up uh, losing the game if you consider we're just outside the playoffs after the start we had you got to still try and take some positives from that and you still if you, if you think back to a few weeks ago there was a lot of people talking about Pauno out etc um there's not that many people saying Pauno out anymore and that's quite telling
1: I think it's going to be that's not going to be the last time that we give up a, a lead in a game where it feels like the game's already or the game should be over this season we'll definitely do that again this season under Paunovic um because it's just it, it's inevitable I think just like like we've said the style of play just lends itself to that happening so um I feel like it's probably one don't be too surprised if it happens again you you're gonna see it happen again but also we're going to get some wins when we probably just don't deserve them so it's and it, uh, it
2: will happen way less often when we have midfielders like Drinkwater and Laurent getting tired and we have Rinomota and Tetec and Delibasheeru perhaps that can come in off the bench and actually inject some energy and we just don't have that at the moment
0: yeah I think players like Hoyle and Halilovic are really big misses uh, I think they link the play so nicely and they've got the experience especially Hoyle he's he knows how to Antagonise championship defenders. He's absolutely fantastic at it, and winning cheap free kicks. And last night we needed someone who could play up front, and just win cheap free kicks on the halfway line. Even doesn't even need to be in the opposition. He just yeah. stops the play. We had nothing at any point was, last night that kind of like stopped Blackpool's momentum. They just kept on going and going.
1: It was it was very just. It was so sloppy. As soon as we got the ball out of our final third, the ball just. It rolled up to one of the midfielders, or, or up to push gas or Aziz, and we lost the ball. Like the second half, probably wasn't there. Wasn't ever a period where we strung more than three or four passes together at any point and kept the ball for thirty seconds and just puts your defence straight back under pressure, doesn't it? So it's uh, not 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 what you want, really.
2: And if you if you're thinking about positives as well, I'm trying to be a bit upbeat towards the end here. But when we when all our players come back fit. If they're all fit at the same time, Meite, Joao, Halilovic, Hoyle, you know, is gonna have a real selection problem.
1: And even if even if they're not all fit at the same time, Eric, even if we just get a couple of them fit and you lose someone else, like we've got like we're eighth and we're we've got a what most people would say a very injury hit squad. Like yeah. if if we get all of these players back and we we, you know, are firing in the second half of the season. Like we've we've got a really good chance to have a good season. I'm not going to say we're going to make the playoffs or get promoted or anything, but we've got got a good chance to have a good season, certainly. Um, And
2: we all know what's going to make the big difference. And Paul will agree with this. We're going to sign Yakubu in in January.
1: We sign his son.
0: Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, and let's bring back the Vine video just for that one moment. I just want to see it. I just want to see the meltdown online when we sign Yakubu's son. So, uh, thanks a lot for listening, Matthew uh, Willington We'll be back with the preview show, might actually be out later today, possibly even. Um, we will have another one, uh, podcast after game against Blackburn Rovers. Quick prediction on that, Eric. Scoreline
2: Blackburn Rovers away, is it? I, yeah, got absolutely no idea. So, I'll say a one-all draw.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Alex, what are you going to say? Uh, well, Black. Burn lost again in midweek, didn't they? Um, I'll go with a 2-1 Reading win.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be blindly optimistic. Why not? I'll go for a 2-1 win. There always seems to be quite a lot of goals in games at uh, Ewood Park. I've completely ruined that. Book yourself in for a 0-0 there. So uh, thanks a lot for listening and we'll be back soon.